Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Happy Friday, October 8th. A belated happy birthday to my mom, who turned 29 this week. That's a joke because I'm 28, but we've got some wrestling to discuss today, mostly about USA Wrestling's performance at the Senior World Championships. Had a few thoughts I wanted to share with you today to get you through your Friday and perhaps the weekend. And the first is this. wanted to give a shout out to Jason Bryant, who's been doing the public address announcing over in Oslo. Uh, You guys probably know JB, but if not, give him a follow on Twitter at Jason M. Bryant. Great dude. Awesome wrestling follow, and we're bringing him up here because um, he's been making reference to what he believes are the greatest 15 words in sports, which is ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the national anthem of the United States of America. That's what JB says over the PA each time an American wrestler receives their gold medal at the World Championships and this year at the Olympics. Hard to argue, really. I'd like to throw my quick thought into this conversation with a little bit more creative way that celebrates Americans winning gold medals. And that's the advice that the U.S. coaches give Matt side shortly after each wrestler wins the world finals. It is just five words, and they are stars in your right hand. That is in reference to how to hold the American flag when the athlete takes their celebratory lap around the mat after winning a world title. I love hearing that in the audio whenever we watch American wrestlers win world titles and at the world championships. I think it's a really cool detail, and it honestly means the same thing in a different way. Not here to argue or debate, really, which one sounds better or cooler. I love that JB loves and takes pride in saying his 15 words just as much as I love that coaches get to say their five words because that means an American wrestler won a world title, something that is incredibly hard to do. And now that I've got that off my chest, you know now, one, how the podcast got its title. And two, we had quite a few wrestlers win world titles this week in Norway. Five in total as of Thursday. We had three in men's freestyle, Thomas Gilman, Kyle Dake, Jordan Burroughs, and two more in women's freestyle, Helen Maroulis and Adeline Gray. Yes, I understand Greco-Roman still going at the time that we're recording this. And I'll circle back and give that team some love next week if they do anything noteworthy over the weekend. My heart still hurts for Giangelo Hancock, who dropped a 4-4 criteria decision in the semifinals at 97 kilograms this morning. Here's hoping that man can come back and still win bronze. But let's talk Thomas Gilman for a moment, guys, because, man, um, this guy's probably going to remember 2020 for quite a long time. Gilman went 4-0, stormed to a gold medal this week at 57 kilograms. He is a world champion at long last. He outscored his four opponents this week 34-9. He won his first match by fall while leading 3-0. 
back-to-back technical falls um, to push him into the finals. That was 11-1 over North Macedonia's Vladimir Egorov, and then 15-5 in the semifinals over Germany's Horst Lehr. Um, and then in the finals, he beat Iran's Alariza Sarlacc, uh, 5-3, first world title, second world medal, and his third world or Olympic medal, which puts him in some pretty elite company, guys. He's now the fifth former Hawkeye wrestler to win a senior men's freestyle world championship and the first since Bill Zadick won in 2006. Bill Zadick, as you know, um, or at least I hope you guys know, now the head coach of USA Wrestling's men's freestyle team. The others um, from Iowa who have won world titles, Chris Campbell, that was in 81, Tom Brands in 93, and then Terry Brands who won twice, 93 and 95. Thomas Gilman now also the fifth former Iowa wrestler to win both a world and Olympic medal joining both the Brands brothers, Campbell and Lincoln McElravey, and he's also the sixth former Hawkeye wrestler to win multiple senior-level world medals, along with Terry Brands, Campbell, McElravey, Barry Davis, and Joe Williams. Uh, One more fun fact, Gilman, Council Bluffs native, or more accurately, Carter Lake, uh, he is now the second native-born Iowan to win a world championship, joining who else? Dan Gable, who won in 1971. Um, so consider Thomas Gilman's last few months, right? He made the Olympic team, won an Olympic bronze medal, and a world championship. Taken all together, Gilman went 10-1 and across all three competitions and outscored his opponents 99-22. Um, his only loss came to the eventual Olympic gold medalist, Um, He ended up coming back to win Olympic bronze, and that was with a torn Liz Frock ligament, um, and then he won world gold not long after a short bout with COVID-19. Thomas Gilman has always believed that he was the best wrestler in the world year after year, after every competition, big and small, and this week at long last, he proved it emphatically, a world champion now and forever. Um, And thanks to UWW and USA Wrestling, we have audio from Thomas Gilman after he won his world title earlier this week. It is a fantastic 10 minutes minutes um and we're gonna go to the audio of that now here's thomas gilman a 2021 men's freestyle world champ check it uh, i don't i don't really know um it's kind of the expectation really I'm just glad that we did it, you know, finally. It's been four, five years in the making, so um, check that one off the list. Fortunately, we got three years of doing this so we can do it again in, uh, in, in Paris. I shouldn't say unfortunately, but unfortunately we have to wait for the Olympic Games. But, you know, I'm here, present, I'm enjoying I'm going to try to let it sink in a little bit, you know. Uh, go ahead. It's tough, tough competitor. I mean, um, you always know, you know, wrestling Iranian, you know, they're known for their toughness and their straightforward hand fighting. And I like, a lot like the way I wrestle, you know, so I was looking forward to the, that, that battle, that, that fist fight, dog fight, however you want to describe it. And um, he stood in there a lot better than I thought he was going to, you know. I just wanted to wrestle as hard as I could through that whole match in that first two minutes. You know, and we were scrapping. He was still staying in there. I was like, "All right, let's go." That's what we do. That's why we do it for that. You know, so I'm very grateful for him as an opponent to to push me and make me better. So, thank you to him. Do you want to rematch with Ogoyev? Do I want to rematch with Ogoyev? Yes. Of course, of course I do. Um, it was close. It was a good, good battle. That one was, 
If this was a fist fight with the Iranian, Ogoya looks like a chess match. He's very, he's very good at winning. Obviously, he's a great wrestler and a great athlete, but the thing he's best at is finding a way to win, and he showed that in the Olympic Games. But um, I'm starting to learn how to win as a competitor. I think I'm a pretty decent wrestler, but I don't know if I know how to really win on a consistent basis yet. And Ogoya, if he can. So I'm looking forward to that rematch. Um, you know, I respect him a lot. So, of course, I want that rematch. You said we won this. Who's we? We is uh, from me, myself, and I, all the way to me and my wife, my dogs, my <laughs> unborn child, my coaching staff, USA Wrestling, my training partners, my annoying cameraman. <laughs> um, like, don't, don't let this fool you. You know, I, I did, I did nothing really. You know, I did uh, 18 to 24 minutes, 20 minutes of, of work out there, you know, but it's all the people behind the scenes, the people you don't see, the people that will never take credit for anything. Those are the people, that's we. So I want to make sure I give credit to them. But most important above all, give glory to God because we're here because of him and in him. Uh, I just want to do my best and, and perform to my best to honor him because he gave me these gifts. So I have to turn around and, and offer him something, even if it's just a little bit, you know, because he, he gives me everything. So that's what I talk about in we. There's, there's a whole whole clan of us, as we say, in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Thomas, you talked about learning how to win matches. I thought one of the big, big exchanges was that single leg when you were up 3-0, and it was down to the mat, up to the feet, down to the mat, up to the feet. Talk us through that scenario, what he was doing to prevent the finish, and just how important you thought that finish was. Yeah, I'm pretty familiar in that position. You know, going back to 20, 2017, I wrestled um, Autry two times, once at the Worlds and another time in, in Iran at the World Cup uh, Clubs Cup. And Iranians are really good there. Maybe throwing your head to the outside, busting your lock, focusing on, on those little, very fundamental things. And so I was, I was, I just kind of chuckled to myself. It was like, this is familiar. You know, this is Iran right here. If I could describe Iranian wrestling beyond the underhook and their hand fighting would be their fundamental but hard leg defense. But I was thinking, you know, dog on the ball is ISIS match right here. Let's get two. I was looking for maybe four, you know, maybe lift them and step through. But I was getting the edge and he was he was strong there. So I dumped him and, and uh, that ended up in the two. But like I said, I mean, if I don't get that takedown, you know, maybe I, maybe I lose. So uh, I, it was important uh, looking back, but you know, maybe I stay in there a little bit. 5-0, I mean, I'm not going to class myself as a winner, but I can win five uh, with, with five points. You know, with three points, I'm not confident that I can win that match and stay in there. Um, that's something I gotta continue to work on, if I'm being completely honest. You know, it's, it's a mental thing, you know, maybe an emotional thing where, you know, instead of just wrestling through the positions, I kind of try to win. And uh, when you start trying to win, that's how you lose. Hence the Ugoyev match. You know, I went from just wrestling, wrestling, scoring points, to, okay, there's 46 seconds left, let's try to win this match. And that's when I got taken down and, and lost. So, um, not to get too deep into that, but there you go. Yeah, you got something to work with there. So, you had to compete couple months after going to Tokyo, right? Yeah. Um, what was it like getting prepared so you could bring your best here? Um, you know, every competition offers something 
unique as far as adversity. Sometimes the adversity is very small. Sometimes the adversity is very big. Um, this was no different. It was a quick turnaround. You know, I, uh, I don't know how much weight I really cut, but just with my genetics, I'm very lean. So um, it's hard for me to, you know, get down to, not hard, but it takes a little work to get my weight down. And talking with my coaches, we need to take at least, we took like three weeks just to let my body and my hormones kind of bounce back. And that meant, you know, not watching my diet or anything. So um, it cut the, the weight descent program um, really, really down. But, um, you know, there's just a lot coming off the Olympic Games. You know, you're at maybe an all-time high. I was so close to accomplishing one of my lifelong dreams. I was, I was pretty proud of myself. I still am. You know, it's it's not nothing to really slough at being a, an Olympic bronze medalist. And I made made a point to stop my decision to uh, go to the Worlds because I didn't want, to, want it to be emotional. I wanted it to be um, the right decision. So I got home, talked to my wife, and, you know, some of those conversations were a little bit difficult because... I promised her, I made plans with her that I would get my foot evaluated. I promised her that we'd go on vacation because I neglect those aspects of my life. Um, and so, but she understood and she said, hey, I know you want to do this, you have to do it. And so I said, I'm sorry, we're doing that. Uh, we're going to do this. And so she backed me 100% um, from there forward. And, you know, there's another hiccup in there. I mean, people might have heard, but I got ended up getting COVID about three weeks ago. And so I was like, well, shoot, am I gonna be able to go and pass the test or anything? And um, beyond that, you're like, well, can't get on the mat, can't condition. I gotta rid my body of this virus. Am I gonna be ready? Am I gonna be ready? And But I had those conversations with, with my wife and my coaches and God, and I came to the conclusion that, um, you know, God was just telling me, you think you're tough? Well, let's see how tough you are. Let's see how tough you are. And, and it was more, you know, mental, emotional, and spiritual than physical. Because physical, you can push through anything, you know. It's just getting over those those other battles. And uh, I did, and we're here. And and uh, now it's time for a break. Your patriotism, love of country, is a consistent through line in a lot of your interviews. So what does it mean? How special was it running around with the flag? I saw you kind of gather yourself a little bit once you got off the stage. Uh, that's kind of a conflicting thing for me. Um, maybe I take it too far, but it's kind of a disgrace to the flag in a way to drape it around your shoulders. Um, it should be on a staff, but um, you know, it's tradition and that's what we do. So that's what I'll do. And I'll deal with my stepfather when I get home. <laughs> but um, there's a conversation we've had. It's like joke, yes. But um, yeah, just to stand on top of the podium this time after, you know, being silver, fifth, bronze, now gold, um, and to see our flag the highest where it belongs and hear our national anthem, um, that's very special to me. But I feel like, a lot like God, you know, this country's given me so much, this is the least I can do to give back, is to, is to bring them to the top and uh, just honor the country, because that's what it's about. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you so much.
Great stuff from Gilman, as always. Seriously pumped for that dude. We've seen some of the best rustling of his life this past year. It has been very awesome to see. Wanted to wrap today's show. A few more thoughts on the freestyle competitions at the World Championships. Let's start with men's freestyle. Another sensational tournament for Team USA. Seven total medalists, six in the finals, and three champs, uh, along with Gilman. Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs both won at 74 and 79, respectively. Also had Dayton Fix, David Taylor, Kyle Snyder win silver medals, 61, 86, and 97. Plus, Jaden Cox winning bronze at 92. Really good showing overall from the Americans. Again, as a team, scored 168 points and took second to Russia, who scored 173. Five whole points separating first and second. Obviously came down to the big super match at 97, uh, where Sadulayev beat Kyle Snyder in the finals. Um, And the fact that the U.S. uh, took second had people pretty mad online. Um, Wanted to clarify, I'm not sure that losing to Russia is what made people mad online, although I'm sure that was a frustrating thing to see again. Uh, But it made people, uh, what made people mad was the fact that Russia was even there at all. Um, We're still in the wake of a statewide doping scandal in which Russia got caught, and their penalty was really nothing more than a slap on the wrist and a request that they change the name of their delegation. Uh, Russia competed at the Olympics in Tokyo in July and August under the Russian Olympic Committee, or the ROC. Um, Then they competed again in Norway this week, this time under the Russian Wrestling Federation. Um, Under a just and fair system, they they wouldn't have competed at either event. and we would have moved on with our lives. But that spurred multiple thoughts in my head. First, Russia, again, shouldn't have competed. Again, fair and just and all that. That should have been the fuss that the rest of the world should have made before the Tokyo Olympics, and it should have been made again before the World Championships this week. Not during either event, before it, okay? Um, Two, no fuss was really made. So Russia shows up to both. Anybody who is mad at that point kind of missed the bus, right? And in the case of wrestling, when the Russians show up, you better pack your lunch and hard hat because we all know it's going to be a brawl each time you step on the mat against them. They competed in Tokyo and they competed in Norway. And if they're not going to be stopped, so be it. Show up and wrestle, right? America did at both stops. Uh, Russia finished ahead of the USA in men's freestyle, both in Tokyo and again in Norway. It is what it is. They're a fantastic wrestling country. You tip your cap and you move on. Because we all know that if Russia was at neither spot, there would have been a huge asterisk by whatever Team USA would have accomplished either week. Don't lie to yourself and think otherwise. If Gilman won in Tokyo but didn't wrestle Yugoyev, or if Snyder won in Tokyo and didn't wrestle Sadjulayev, I think we all would have wondered, well, what if? Yeah, you wrestle the guys who show up, but at both tournaments, Russia showed up, right? Um, Three, third thought, Russia proved that they're better, point blank, right? Like the results are what they are, and we kind of have to deal with it. Um, Because could we have done better at both tournaments? Yeah, probably, absolutely we could have. At the Olympics, Gilman nearly beat Yugoyev, and the way he looked the rest of the way, it's fair to suggest that Gilman, not not Yugoyev, could have won gold if he hung on and won that match, right? Um, I think we all expected Kyle Dake to win gold in Tokyo, too. I think we all expected Team USA to have a rep at 65 kilos. And what about Kyle Snyder? He lost to Sajulayev in the finals at both competitions, right? Sajulayev is likely on his way toward an all-time wrestling career. He will have a high-level tournament named after him someday. But if Snyder beats him like he has before, Team USA wins the uh, mythical team title in Tokyo, and they win the official team title in Norway, right? At the World Championships, there are a few more what-ifs because there's a lot more weights, right? Like, what if David Taylor had beaten Yazdani again? Um, I think we all expected Jaden Cox to win gold or, you know, James Green and Nick Wazdowski. I thought we both, I think everybody thought that they would both finish on the podium as well. Or maybe Yanni Diakmahalis would do a little bit more, but that was his first senior world championship. So maybe you give him a little bit of a break there. Um, We had opportunities to win the team title this week in Norway, guys. We did not take advantage. It's a terrible, terrible look that United World Wrestling ended up giving the the Russian Wrestling Federation, say that five times fast, um, 
a terrible look that UWW gave them a trophy. Um, it's a terrible look that the IOC and the UWW both let Russia basically compete at both events anyways after the doping scandal. But they competed, and they beat us, and it happens, right? Like, I'd rather wrestle the best than not, even if we really shouldn't have had that opportunity to begin with, you know? Like, again, in a fair and just world, Russia wouldn't have been in either event. But they were at both events, so you kind of just have to deal with it, right? Okay, off my soapbox. Final thought here from the World Championships, at least this week. Um, The women's freestyle team, man, another fantastic performance from them. Uh, Finished with seven total medalists, four finalists, two champs. Again, Helen and Adeline Gray. Um, Adeline now a six-time world champ, which is just unreal. Um, Sarah Hildebrandt and Kayla Miracle uh, both made the finals too, and then Jenna Burkett, Forrest Molinari, and Tamara Mensa-Stock all won bronze. That is a fantastic tournament from our fantastic women's wrestling program, and yet... They still finished 49 points behind Japan in the team race. Japan scored 196 total points to win first. Um, They finished with four champs, three more who took second, and two more who took third. And the 10th wrestler on their team did score points because I believe she finished eighth. Uh, Team USA scored 147 points, um, which was 69 points ahead of third place Mongolia, right? Mongolia scored 78. The gap between first and or second and third, 69 points, is about as large as the gap between third and 23rd, which is where the Czech Republic and Ecuador were. They tied um, for 23rd place overall with 10 points. That is absolutely insane to me. And what it tells me is this. We have made incredible, significant, important gains when it comes to comes to girls and women's wrestling, right? Domestically, more girls are wrestling now than ever before, and the talent is as good as it's ever been. Um, Internationally, we've become a superpower, right? The Cadet World Team Championships, they want the women won that one. Uh, The Junior World Championships, our women's team won that one. we're just not the superpower, right? Like Japan served up some humble pie, not only in the team race, but in individual matchups too. USA and Japan went head to head five times during the tournament and Japan went four and one in those matches. And the other five weights where USA and Japan did not go head to head individually, Japan finished ahead of the United States on the podium in three of those five weights. Um, So again, we've made incredible, significant, important gains when it comes to girls and women's wrestling. Domestically, again, More girls are wrestling now than ever before, and the talent level is as good as it's ever been. You can point to the cadet and junior world titles um, from this past summer. Uh, But, hey, again, there's a little bit of an asterisk there because Japan was not at either of those tournaments, right? Um, Internationally, we have become a superpower, but we still have a little bit of ways to go before we catch Japan, and that was kind of my overall big-picture takeaway um, when it comes to what the women's freestyle team did in Norway this week. It was still a tremendous performance, and holy cow, those women are fantastic, sensational wrestlers. So many great stories that came out of the U.S. women's freestyle team. Um, and you could literally start at the top, right? Like Adeline Gray, um, six-time world champ, six-time world champ. Like, that is unreal, guys, right? Um, Helen Maroulis, after all the hell she went through um, between the ears, physically, you know, after she won gold in Rio, able to come back, win a bronze in Tokyo, and then win a world title here just two months after all of Tokyo happened. Uh, just a tremendous, tremendous performance. Kayla Miracle breaking through and getting to the finals, her first senior-level world medal after you know a handful of years of trying to get the job done. Sarah Hildebrandt coming this close to winning a world title of her own. Uh, Jenna Perquette, 
I, is there a better story in wrestling right now? I mean, she, you know, not long after losing her mom, she she takes Helen to the wire at the Olympic trials, comes back um, a month later and makes the world team, and then boom, she's back in it, drops, you know, an, an early match, but battles all the way back to win bronze. Like, absolutely incredible. Um, so many other great stories in and around the women's freestyle program. Um, just a tremendous effort overall from those women. Um you know, and I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see where the next quad takes us because it's a really short quad, right? Like you've only got not <laughs> it's already 2021, guys, right? Like in 2021 is almost over, right? We're already in October. Um, 2022 is going to be here in a blink, and at that point, that's the halfway mark of the quad, right? 2024 is going to be here before we know it. Um, so I'm really kind of excited to see um, the gains that will be made in the women's program, the men's program, and even the Greco program. Like I know that they've been struggling a little bit in Norway over these first first couple days, and Giangelo Hancock was this close to breaking through, but he's going to be wrestling for a medal on Saturday, and that's really exciting for them. Um, and here's hoping that some of the other Greco guys can come through. So lots of great stuff when it comes to USA Wrestling and the Olympic disciplines. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I had today, guys. Just wanted to get in real quick, real short, real sweet um, to kind of get you through your Friday or on Saturday whenever you're listening to this. And that's all I got, right? So, you know, hey, thanks again a bunch for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. Uh, subscribe to the Des Moines Register too, guys. Um, catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, videos. Again, wrestling season is going to be here in a blink. We got a lot of big stuff planned for you this winter, and I don't want you guys to miss any of it. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. You said we won this. Who's we? We is uh, from me, myself, and I all the way to me and my wife, my dogs, my <laughs> unborn child, my coaching staff, USA Wrestling, my training partners, my annoying cameraman. <laughs> um, like, don't, don't let this fool you. You know, I, I did, I did nothing really. You know, I did. Uh, 18 to 24 minutes, 20 minutes of, of work out there, you know, but it's all the people behind the scenes, the people you don't see, the people that will never take credit for anything. Those are the people, that's we. So I want to make sure I give credit to them. But most important, above all, give glory to God.